When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Blakey's Bootroom, the number one Cardiff City podcast. Brought to you by Wales Online. Hello and welcome to Blakey's Bootroom, the Cardiff City podcast from Wales Online. And Merry Christmas to you all. I'm Dominic Booth, joined by Nathan Blake and the returning Paul Bandonato. Hey. Merry Christmas to you both. Merry Christmas Merry, to you, Dee. Merry Christmas, everybody. We're Merry full Christmas of festive spirit, aren't we? all the fans, yes. Yeah, we have, we even have people tweeting us saying Merry Christmas. And so we should. We, we send them well-wishing messages at Christmas, this festive period. Oh, this quality content's oh, got oh, to be deserving of some uh, some Christmas cards, but I haven't, I haven't checked the mail bag recently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on today's agenda is the 1-0 victory over Hull on Saturday evening. We're going to debate our favourite moments of 2017, and also plenty of questions for Blakey in part three before we preview Bolton mm. on Saturday. A nice chilly trip up north for me. Mm. But first, let's start at... Cardiff City Stadium and the 1-0 win over Hull Sol Bamba's goal and Sol Bamba's chant Blakey yeah great what did you, what did you make of it all? I thought it was brilliant the way they kept the goal at the end as well um, he's been a colossus hasn't he really since he's since he came to the club I do I do, re, I do recall the one occasion when he had the little fallout with um, with Neil Warnock and some fans were saying oh I've got to get rid of him and I was like you know don't be so silly like I don't think there's a fan wearing blue at the moment who would uh, want to see the back of him in any way, shape, or form. He's proved to be a fantastic signing and just what we we needed, really. A, a leader, a leader in defence. I know he's not the captain, but I often say on the show he is the captain of the side. And as we made official cap, well, officially the standing captain. Well, of course, the standing in captain while, weeks, yeah. while, while Sean's out, but. Um, you know, I, th- I think for when a player gives so much, he deserves those kind of moments. And for him to keep a clean sheet as well, and him obviously scoring the winner, I thought was uh, was a fantastic, fantastic moment, uh, a f- an end to a fantastic game. Really, the the, the singing and the, the, the chanting. It was one of those brought a smile to your face type of was, yeah. occasions. It was only one nil, Paul, but I think Cardiff were, were good value for it and. And obviously, Bamba at the heart of almost everything they did. Yeah, I don't want to sound like a manager, but it might as well, you know, 1 0, 3 0, 7 0. It's only three points, isn't it? Whatever the score. Mm. So I thought I thought that was a big win for Cardiff. It was a potential banana skin. Uh, they've come off the back of some highly creditable away performances. Um, it was a Saturday evening. The gauntlet had been thrown down by the other teams at the top yeah. around them. Derby mm-hmm. have suddenly crept right up yeah, that table. Yeah, they've gone sort of rampaged up that table. Yeah. And Cardiff had to deliver. And they did deliver in what was a reasonably lacklustre game. But um, Some good football at times, fair, I thought, fair, though. Fair, fair play to them. I, I said it before and I'll say it again. The 1-0s are what promotion is about. And it's... Um, it's what these Warnock teams ultimately are built on, I feel. Mm. It's, you know, keep a clean sheet, keep disciplined, not overly pretty, but highly effective all round. Yeah, we've seen a similar pattern, haven't we, from the games. First 45 minutes, a bit lacklustre, not great. Second 45, they seem to really step it up. Why is that, then? Especially midway. Well, I, I, I say to Dom, they're very... I've said from the start of the season, what kind of... Mm-hmm. That's where you see... When we talk about power in a team, that's where you know that's the ability to be able to go for 90, 95 minutes is one, and the ability to be able to step up during the game. It's always difficult, they say, to flip the switch, but Cardiff never go out and approach the game like, oh, we're just going to win it, we just need to turn up. That's never been allowed to creep into the mentality of Cardiff, but 
you can see some games, they have been games the first half, you can see they are suffering a bit from the old um, lactic acid build-up and what have you. But power, you know, you, what you understand about muscle is the muscles you see, the muscles underneath get called upon more and more and more and more. That's where that endurance and that power and that prowess comes into play. Uh, I think that's what you see from Cardiff. They're a very, very powerful mm. team. And uh, that's why I've said that. That's why I think they'll they'll go up automatic. There's also this incredible trust in the manager from the fans, Blake. I know we've talked about this before, but we speak the morning or the, the lunchtime after the night before when, I don't know if you saw it, but after Man City beat Leicester on penalties, we saw Guardiola go to the Man City fans and he was actually conducting their chant of, we've got Guardiola, blah, you know. Similar like, song that Cardiff yeah, have for one and, of them. And, and, and I'm not sure, you know, you looked at that connection between the Man City travelling fans and their manager. I'm not sure there are many managers who have such a strong connect with their fans as Warnock and Cardiff right at this moment in time. Mm. You could argue Guardiola, you could possibly argue, argue Wagner and Huddersfield. There, I'm sure there are a few others, mm. but... There's just this really special connect at the moment, and all of that creates a, a, a feel-good factor, and they just trust in him to deliver, don't well, they? Well, winning creates trust, you know, and vice versa. So the more you win, the more they trust you, the more they believe in you. The more you score goals late on in games to save yourself, get out of the hole, get back to 2-2 at Reading, even more, they say, right, people go home, they're saying to each other on the buses, where have you, you know, that, you know, the manager's got them, like, right where we want them, they never give up, they never, they're never beaten, they're, so it's a reflection of the everyday man, woman, who, you know, all they turn up and say, nine times out of ten is, first and foremost, we want you to just effort. Yeah. Yeah, you cannot fault desire. The you cannot fault that. Yeah, effort, desire. We want that no matter what. If you're tired, we can kind of see that and understand game build up or have you. But we can't. We can't that's a that's that's a a given. The effort and you know that desire going in. And like you say, the two you know they bounce off each other then. But we've we we say on the program we we've said on here for years. You know, it's. It's the hierarchy at Cardiff have never really understood that, never really got it. What they're witnessing now, I hope they don't think is just a flash in the pan because there's not many managers who will get his team and his fans behind the whole club and, like I say, the whole club going in, direction, in one direction. On the manager and as just well. on Pap Guardiola, by the way, best manager in the world. I concur bah, with that. None. Neil, Neil Warnock, number two. A lot of envy, <laughs> a lot of envy in the in the uh, English press against him, and I hope he walks the league unbeaten. Well, he smashes every record. Well, he is walking the league, yeah. so you know. Yeah. Back on to Cardiff's manager for now. Um, is it coincidence, Blakey, that Cardiff do thrive in the second half when you consider what Warnock says to his players and why they have such a they seem to really come alive in that period just after the break and that's that's what that's the question if I can interrupt Chris, that's the question I was going to ask about why is it better in the second half is it to do with the I Warnock I think it's team Warnock talk, though yeah you know? his influence his influence yeah you know I always say attitude reflects leadership doesn't it so your your um, excuse me uh, your <laughs> that's uh, Paul pulling a drink of water yeah it? your your team is a reflection of your manager. It's as simple as that. You know what I mean? And what what you always know about Cardiff City, uh, about Neil Warnock's team, played against them in the past, they are religiously, they are fit, they're 100% behind their manager, and they always go to the end, the very end. And, you know, I think you can, you can, you can set aside things like tactics and things like that. First and foremost, you've got to have, like I said, earlier the, a given has got to be that desire to win and um, the work rate just yeah, phenomenal yeah it's got to be a given what about Lee Tomlin's work rate I bring him up again because I think he had a, an influence because you on, absolutely love him I think he had an influence against Hull it's kind of you've kind of like it's, illed out on your boy uh, Ralph uh, will still Ralph. get a mention are you sure now then. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he'll have his time uh, Tomlin obviously chosen to start the game I think mm. he played more minutes he played 82 minutes, which is more than he's done in the league this season for Cardiff. Obviously played the ball for Pilkington to flick onto Bamba for the goal. A 
few moments for the crowd. Not noting that as a, an assist. I call it half an assist. Okay. The, the few moments where the crowd were oohing and ahhing at a few of the touches, but also I have to say, admittedly, I think he started sloppily. Mm. A few lax touches as well. I wouldn't say it's sloppy. Um, I think it's just the nature of the beast, really. But I understand he's not played. Is that to be expected when you? Yeah, haven't? and he's going to be not nervous, but he's he, he, keen to impress. Surely he is, and he's going to. You know, the, the things aren't going to go exactly how you want them to be. And he's not match fit. Why would he be? It's going to take, if he plays six games back to back now, I think then you'll start to see the best of uh, Lee Tomlin. Look, last week we were saying, like, how is he going to fit in? You know what I mean? Or the week before last week we were saying, how is he going to fit into this kind of team? There may not be, be a position for him. Well, he's gone in. I thought he'd done very well, all things considered. Um, could have scored, perhaps should have scored with the one he put over the bar, but, you know, his influence was was, was there for all to see. I think he's... Um, we've never doubted his quality as a player. And what? So hopefully now he can play his way into the team. But it, like I say, it comes down to your training Monday to Friday. And then the manager's got to put his trust in you. The manager has. I think he delivered back enough for the manager to see him into the next game. Look, he might be feeling a bit, so he might drag, uh, pull him out and then give him another game, 90 minutes, you know, over Christmas. But, you know, I think he, uh, all things considered, I thought it was, a, it was a really good performance from him. Warnock says when Tomlin plays, he tells his players to play differently. And that against Hull... With no, as you, you would call an out-and-out out number nine, nine mm. it, the, he was instructing to players to play the ball into Tomlin's feet mm. and get him on the ball as much as they can to get people running off him. Mm. And Cardiff don't always do that. They play sometimes play a bit more direct. Mm. Is that is that the sort of evolution of how this team might might come and start playing with Tomlin can well, play regularly? No, because I think the number one striker is the whore. So regardless of what, they'll always go back to the default, which is a hall, which for me is their best position anyway, or the best position to be in. I would take the hall over Tomlin every time. So, But to have that as a plan B or even a plan C, because you've got Bogle as well. So you've got Ward, Options, yeah. you've got now Tomlin. So you've got plan A, plan B, plan C. But, you know... It might seem that like Neil's stating the obvious, but <laughs> with footballers, you have to. You know what I mean? It's uh, to say, you know, don't play the ball from back to front, up in the air to someone who can't battle against two centre halves and hold it up and blah blah blah. It makes sense, but you have to get that point across. They no doubt have done work on it in training, um, and his movement's very good as well. He, he, he does take up really good positions in. The, in between midfield and defence, so uh, yeah, it's just it's just another string to your bow, really and truly, Tom. It just shows it's not evolution; it just shows you've got the option of another way of playing. Paul, we wrote the story on Wednesday morning about Warnock wanting a, a central midfielder in January. Do you think that does that reflect on on Tomlin at all, or does that simply reflect on injuries to to Gunnison and Bryson? Um, I think it's the latter, not the former. He's looking for the sort of, Blakey calls him a number six or a number eight. I think he's looking for, well, he's not. I don't think he is. He is looking. That's his number one priority this um, this January is for a bossy, dominant midfield player who who is battle-hardened and has experience of winning promotion from this level to the Premier League before. Um, I is think that going to be difficult to find, Paul, in January? That well, type of player? I don't think so because if you're looking for somebody who's batter hard you're probably looking at uh, you know I'm not going to name names now but you're probably looking at a player who's not in a Premier League team at the moment I would have thought Blakey aren't mm. you that sort of figure um, is, I'm is just it throwing like, a uh, name Blakey's Mo Diame shout is that is yeah, that close, see, to, see. close to what you might want we've come around to it I wasn't <laughs> going to say anything Dom but it's kind of like that's exactly was, what you're looking for I was going to use an analogy of a Kevin Nolan type figure that sort of you know mm. Because he's probably a little bit more advanced than that. Yeah, isn't Kev he? was but really like more, a number 10. ten. He never yeah. really sort of touched the ball. I think a classic, yeah. classic eight. Yeah, is is maybe what's lacking, despite my love for Mr. Rouse. Yeah, yeah. Who I think's done well recently, but without Bryson and Gunnison, I think Rouse and Demore 
could be a little bit exposed as a as a two in there, Blakey. Well, funny enough, Rawls has gone up in my estimation, Dom, um, in the absence of Gunnarsson, because at times I've almost not not felt like he's a one man midfield, but I thought he's had to drive an awful lot himself. Rawls has shoulder um, a lot of responsibility. Yeah, that's, that, sure. that's probably a better way of describing it. But you still need a little bit more potentially. I look at the Derby team at the moment; they worry me. They worry me a lot. I know you say that Blakey that Wolves are going to slip away, although there's no sign of that. I don't think they'll slip away. I think they'll. I think they'll definitely have a down period, which will give us the opportunity to go further. Derby have started to worry me. There's a lot of quality. There's a lot of quality. Don't look behind you, mate. Look up. Christmas is no time for worrying. Don't worry, mate. Look up. There's a team ahead of us. That's our target. The more time you spend looking behind you, what happens? You lose momentum. Okay, well, the point the point is going back to it. I think Warnock feels he has got, and we've discussed this on the boot room before, he's got two players for most positions. Yeah. So he doesn't actually want that much in January, even though Mehmet Dalman is on record as saying that Tan's ready to release the purse strings. So he has targeted a bossy midfielder mm. and possibly a Ward-type figure as a striker, i.e. a reserve, mm. number three striker potentially, mm. yeah. It's that midfield man, and you did mention a month ago about Diarmi. Mm-hmm. Um, scoffs, I think, on social media at, t- at the time, but maybe proven to be right. Oh, well, there's scoffs at the social media. There's always scoffs on, sco- on social media, few. Nathan. You can please all the people all the time, Dominic. What about a player who might be leaving in January? Who I think Blakey and I were saying before the podcast, it was possibly a shot window for him at Hull, Anthony Pilkington. Mm. He did okay for a player who hasn't been playing very much, but. Is that all it was, Blakey? Just showing other clubs that this man is available and he, he's fully fit? I wouldn't say that. I think it'd be unfair to Anthony to say that's all it was, you know, because he is a quality player. I think it's 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 a quarter of an opportunity to stay within the first team squad. I think he knows he's not gonna be a starter. That's you know, evident. There's no reason why he can't come off the bench and, you know, really impact the game because he has the ability to do so. But I think, yeah, you probably say it was it was an opportunity because he he become forgotten almost somewhat. So it was probably to, you know, jig a few people's memories. He's still available. He's here. If you take him on loan with you to keeping him for a year or two afterwards, you know, I think uh, I think it's quite a clever move. Shrewd, isn't it? It's 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 just letting know there's but again, it shows the depth of Carrick's squad. You know, before really Neil Walnut come in, you know, they were almost reliant on players like Pilkington. Here we are, less than eighteen months later, and can't get near the squad unless there's loads of injuries. We've yeah. forgotten about him, you know. So, I still think he's a a good championship player. I still think he'll get a good championship club. Maybe go back to like a Norwich, you know, uh, where it started for him. I think, you know, he, he still got that kind of quality. Um, Certainly been a decent servant for Cardiff, and I yeah, think fans do have a lot of fondness for him. He's, he's he's done well. He's done really well for Cardiff. In fairness to the lad, no credit where it's due. I, I hope I hope he hope he doesn't like drop off. I think I think it's um, I think someone will, not it's not taking a chance. You know what you're getting with him. I think some club in the championship will take him, and I think he'll he'll go on another two or three years having a, having a playing at the decent level. Yeah. Sure. It begs to differ a little bit on that. I don't think he's really delivered what I expected from him, Blakey. He mm. came here as a... He was part of Solskjaer's zillion signings, wasn't he? And he was one it's of the ones... done better than a lot of those, Paul, if you look back at the, at the list. Mm. I think there's plenty of those who... I'm not sure that didn't... that's saying much. But, uh, <laughs> um, he, he came, you know, one million from Norwich. And I'm thinking, you know what, I've seen him do it in the Premier League. He looks a really talented player. And I thought it was a big signing for Cardiff. And I don't think he ever got his right position, Blake, here because he was seen as a winger. Then he was placed. Well, he is forward. a winger. He was placed I've, as a ten. I've seen. Know? I've seen him um, for years, and I liked him. I really liked him at Norwich. That's what I'm saying. I thought his yeah. ability to change direction, but he was never quick. He was never like lightning quick. Yeah. He was tricky, and he had a good first five, ten yards, and would tend to the trickery. Would then get the ball in, get the cross in. Or he would shoot. He had a you know rifle shot on him. I remember a game against Man United, him scoring. So I always thought, but I understand what you mean. But I do think it was more down to you've got to understand that. Listen, a player has to shoulder. I always say, 
part responsibility, half responsibility. But you look at Cardiff City through the time he's come in, and you say it was, you know, the turmoil's only really stopped. Yeah, because we were drifting down and down and down, managers changing over, you know, people coaching who, in my opinion, not good enough to coach, especially at this level. It's only since Warnock come in, it's all stopped. The wheel stopped, started turning in a forward momentum motion, and it's got better and better and better. So I don't think you can solely lay the blame at his own door, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, it was a again, thing, the, the it? dressing room was running the club. I said that. Mm. Yeah, the dressing room was running the club. And Anthony should have been told, you're playing on the wing. Not, oh, you know, I will... I might have a sulk up and I want to go up in number nine position because I played there and scored well and scored a goal or two and I enjoy that more and I enjoy the wing now because there's less work involved or whatever. You know, I think it was players dictating to management rather than the other way around, but that showed the state which so the club was in. Just to wind up on Pellet, and what I do, did find or continue to find interesting with him is that Warnock obviously had his players that he didn't want and players he wanted to bring in, you know, so a lot of those Solskjaer signings, the Makedas, Lafondras, yeah, didn't make the cut under Warnock. But for whatever reason, Pilkington was sort of falling between the two stools. He was happy enough, it seemed, to get rid of him, but he was happy to keep him because he saw... Is it a question of Pilkington pace? Pilkington could keep a good player role. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, he's lost half a yard, and maybe that still exists. Maybe, maybe he's in the shop window. Maybe happy to let him go in January, or maybe thinks, do you know what, he could just fill him in for four form. or five, yeah, four yeah. or five games and do something mm-hmm. for us. You know, mm-hmm. I think he falls between the two stools under Warnock. Mm. Well, I, I don't. I, I would definitely agree with that. I don't think he's someone who you would say like you know he, he's got he, he he could be here. And if he came on, he wouldn't make no impact. He's not going to score goals. He's not. You know, we're going to get. If you said to him between now and the end of the season, play 10, 10 games, he's going to get you three, maybe four goals. I mean, you don't know the relevance or importance of those goals. They could come in a one nil win when you, you know, eighty ninth minute, Wolves have won, Derby chasing you down. You need the win. He scores up and winner. All of a sudden, his confidence level goes up. Neil Warnock thinks right. He's on a bit of a hot streak. His confidence is up. I'll keep him in for a period, blah, blah, blah. So I think you're right, mate. I think it will go anyway with, with Anthony. But I, I, you know, I do tend to fall on the side of he's been here a while and I think his best opportunity of playing is as an impact substitution. I don't think he's going to be playing or going to be forcing anyone out of the team Mm. to get into that wing position definitely I don't think Warnock would use him as a as a centre forward maybe as cover if you were really depleted down to your you know your bare bones but um, we'll again, have to see we'll have to see plenty of injuries. well we've got 11 injuries something like that 9, 10 well, plenty and, and plenty to come back in January yeah, so it, yeah. there'll be ins and outs there'll be people coming back from injury yeah. busy month uh, it'd be like new players some of them you know players like Kadeem Harris when you haven't had him for so long they do, they do, you know, refreshing up things. They do give a big impetus to players. Exactly what Cardiff need as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's why I don't think they have to go out and spend a load of dough. Plenty to look forward to in the new year. Mm. Right, we're going to look at our favourite moments from 2017 in our debate after a short break. Subscribe to The Boot Room on iTunes or listen on walesonline.co.uk. So instead of a debate this week, we're going to be discussing our favourite moments of the year, if Blakey and Paul can remember. I'm going to kick off with one from this season, from the last few weeks, and for me it was the moment after the victory at Nottingham Forest. 2-0 win for Cardiff against the team who really felt hard done by. <laughs> Two fantastic goals scored for Danny Ward and Junior Hoyler. And as I was sat in the press box typing up what I had to type up, I just heard a wee, wee. And it was the Cardiff fans waiting for Neil Warnock to punch the air and then mm. cheering every time he did. And after such a professional win, which you felt was Warnock-inspired, it was Warnock celebration with the fans 
and a big travelling contingent that had come down that day mm. and it just felt like they're a good team mm. and they've got a very very good manager like mm. Paul said about Guardiola mm. so that that'll always stand out for me I think mm. when looking back on this season mm. so there's mine there's mine mine was Leeds United Paul's shaking his head because I think that was his as well no no no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm not in my head in no, agreement. mine was Leeds United Leeds United was the moment <clears throat> I didn't think I knew we were going to be contenders this season you know and I think people say it because they think oh he's just a fan you know, I've said on this programme before when I think we'll finish 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th. I don't, I don't say it because, you know, I don't predict us to win a lot of games this season because I think, oh, I just don't want to lose. You know, I generally, this season, I do believe we'll only lose 6 or 7, 8 games as a, as a, as a maximum. I did say it's that the season we won't go on a run where you go... Lose, lose, draw, lose, lose. You won't go on that six, seven game losing streak. It it won't happen under this manager. He doesn't allow it. You know, you make changes if need be. So you automatically know I have to keep my levels up. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my place. And I don't want to let him down because if I let him down once, I might not get back in the the team again. So for me, it was Leeds United, Dom. It's uh, I kind of watched before that. Because that was about the fifth game in, sixth game in, something yeah, it like that. It wasn't far in, but it was so, uh, it was so exciting yeah, the way they I'd, played. Yeah, I'd, 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 I'd watched this and thought, man, it looked so incredibly strong and powerful. It looked like a, a proper team that can challenge. And obviously it was win, 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 and everyone was getting, you know, <laughs> what a start, you know, five wins, four wins, five wins, six. But I was looking and... and looking throughout and thinking right well, if I was a manager coming against Cardiff now where would we where would I attack them where are they weakest set pieces no full backs Bennett Peltier no not really um, midfield wow you've got Icelandic captain blah blah blah, blah. got the Morgan run a bit Bryson can run a bit Rouse who's a, 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 a gatekeeper as well really weak there wide well Mendes Lang was on fire Hoylet was on fire up front well big man was that was his best game of the yeah, season actually wasn't was it playing so far well. and he was assisting one scoring as much but assisting and I just looked and thought wow 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 this, is, this could be something and I said then right away come on the show and said I think you're going to witness something special this season and I stand by that I really think we will I think it's the, the Leeds game kind of convinced me it was the atmosphere mm. the night game the, the the way we played it was like we weren't it was the second top of the table clash if you know what I mean we'd already faced Wolves yeah. up there and that was being billed as a massive game we slapped them and then it was right Leeds you know this is a massive game now being slapped billed well. and then <laughs> and we literally did slap them off the park it was like a non-contest <laughs> The Leeds game. <laughs> I was expecting like a a real close, you know. Were Leeds, were Leeds just ahead of Cardiff at that point? Were they were they, top. Yeah, they were just about top. Well, then Cardiff they were top or second, them. and Cardiff leapfrogged them. Yeah. You know, um, they done the same with Wolves. They leapfrogged them. We, I just thought it. It was just all the stars aligned that night for me, and I just thought, yeah, I've seen this before. I've played in teams like this. Mm. That Wolves game's a decent shout as well, by the way. Two mm. one win away at. Mm-hmm. A team who are now proving to be the best, potentially the best team the in the second best in the team division. In the division, Dominic. <laughs> well, the table doesn't lie, Blakey. Yeah, uh, Paul. Um, that Leeds game proved that Cardiff can win swashbuckling, as well as the more methodical warm-up way. Which it was a was beautiful game. Big, big it was statement. Exciting, everything. Big statement. I'll tell you a, um, another game that stood out for me but it, it, doesn't ma- it didn't matter so much because this season is the one that matters but there was a game at Ashton Gate back in January I sat next to Blakey and Cardiff were either 2-0 down or they went 1-0 down and then 2-1 down and Hoylett and Harris were sent on in the second half and transformed the game mm. and I remember doing a video with Blakey afterwards on my phone where he was euphoric about this incredible Cardiff win I thought this will do really well on mm. Wales Online the Cardiff fans will love this 
and I completely botched it up. It just didn't come out at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, if ever there was a on, moment, look, that's something else. I'm, I'm going to offer a couple of more left field ones, yeah, because we can we can pick out the um, the on field moments for Ooh. obvious reasons, and Leeds is a big standout. Um, I'm going to pick out the moment they kept Kenneth Zahora in August, and and bear with me on this. I say this for a reason because. I was, funny enough, I was at Swansea Man United on, a, I think it was August the 19th, on a Saturday morning. It must have been a lunchtime kickoff. I remember it to this day, getting to Swansea to the Liberty early for that game. And somebody texted me or rang me up as I was walking to the ground saying that, that there was a report in, I think it was the Telegraph or the Times, one of the broadsheets. It, it wasn't a speculative thing, it was definitive. Cardiff have agreed a sale of Kenneth Zahora for X number of million pounds to Brighton. And I thought, if this is this is the first I know of this, if this is true, that is the season immediately nosediving because selling your best player at that point was exactly the wrong s- statement of intent from the football club. I remember standing in the Liberty car park on my phone speaking to two members of the Cardiff hierarchy and Zahora this, Zahora that, and Swansea fans walking past me, staring at me and all that. <laughs> what the hell was going on? Anyway... They were adamant this 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 newspaper story was wrong. He was definitely staying. I still worried to be honest with you because there was still about ten to eleven days till the transfer window closed. I think keeping Zahora was absolutely pivotal. So that was one major plus for me. In hindsight, should they have sold him and collected the multi millions they could have done? I don't think so. I still think it was the wrong statement. I use that is so important. Paul. Yeah, yeah, and and people forget you that. that momentum. He started the season damn well. He was that, the winner at Burton. He scored two against Leeds. I thought he was going to really kick on then. Mm. And it score. was that same day, by the way, that he bullied Wolves and helped Cardiff win. Yeah, I was trying to work out. I was trying to work out where Cardiff were. They were obviously away somewhere that day. That would be it at mm. Molyneux. I was there. Um, yeah. he, he bullied Terry and Chester when Cardiff beat Aston Villa. Mm. And so I think him. I, my son was saying this to me um, on um, at the weekend that that outside of South Wales, people think that Cardiff are punching way above their weight and have peaked. And they are to a degree, well, but they certainly no, but Blakey, but they certainly they, this is a thing within Cardiff. Cardiff fans, this is the point he was making. The Cardiff fans know because of Zahora and to a degree Tomlin, there's so much more to come from this team. Still, mm. Mm. my other hype spot, and again, it's a little bit left field, was a beautiful. I think it was a Friday night in July when I stood on the side of the pitch at Tafswell, watching <laughs> Cardiff play Tafswell. And I know that sounds a silly thing to say, but the two, there must have been about 2,000 fans sort of all the way around the pitch there. And I just thought, do you know what? This is what it's about, Blakey. This is a reconnect, or the beginning of a reconnect Took with the team, the Eddie May the team right, with it? their people. And it was a lovely evening. It was a fantastic success. Warnock had arranged the friendly. You know, credit to everybody involved in that. It reminded me, it sounds daft, but many moons ago, when the Welsh Cup was quite a meaningful competition. I remember watching Cardiff play Killian and it was similar, about 2,000 Cardiff fans all around the um, the, the, the perimeter yeah, fencing yeah. at Killian. Um, and I don't know, I just thought it was a, it's a silly thing to say, but I thought it was a wonderful evening. There were smiles on everybody's faces. Mm. There was sense, there was also a sense of this is our club coming back to the community. And I know exactly what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Because I felt um, since the takeover um, of, of, of Vincent Tan, that had all been lost. And it, it wasn't lost, it was almost thrown away and stepped upon. And, you know, you, you the foot was ground, it was ground into the dirt. It was almost like it did not matter. The history of this club did not matter. The history of the era like what I played in did not matter. That was a different stadium, a different time, a different era. Where we're going now, we're going, they had these Premier League lights on, these blinkers on. It's Premier League and we're going to do it. Like, you know, well, you're, you're, talking, you're, you're talking to a club that's been around over 100 years and you're talking with an ownership that's never been in football before. The first thing you do is find out what your fans are about before you even take over. And I just felt that there was, you know, there was no connection between club and fan anymore, no connection between player and fan, no connection between owner and fan. 
And I'd say every time to any club, to any new owner, old owner, whatever, any new owner taking over a club, your fan is your most important player. Absolutely. Your fan is your most important player. Players sure. will come, players will go. Fans don't say, I'll support Bristol City today and Cardiff City tomorrow. They start at six, five, four years old, going with their dad being carried. Yeah? They have pictures. 30 years ago, that was me with my dad on, on his, uh, my, I was on my dad's shoulders at the game at, at Ninian Park or the Cardiff City Stadium. And they come religiously, year after year after year, five years, 10 years, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. You know, understand that. If you take that for granted, you're mugging yourself off. That's all you're doing. And that's what happened. Basically, the club was so disjointed, it imploded. You had fan against fan. Yeah, you had no badge identity. You had no color identity. You had this situation with the chief exec. You had that situation with the managers and this situation. And it was just, it was depressing. There was none of that that night at Tufts. Well, no, but what remember. I'm saying is Warnock brought that all. And I remember seeing Warnock that night just before the game, instead of being with the team, he was just chatting to the fans by the railings, um, seeing Ken Chu walking up with a big smile on his face. And, you know, it was just, it was just, I'm not saying there was a reconnect that night, because the mm. reconnects happened before then, but it was... It was a I'm wonderful moment. Well. It was a wonderful yeah. moment of Cardiff. It was a great moment. And I've always said, Paul, back together. I've always said, you know, for the hierarchy from Kenchu upward, don't take it for granted. If Neil Warnock leaves, you've got to pick that slack up. Mm. You've got to continue. I hope you're watching and you've learned, listened and learned over the past 12 to 18 months under Warnock. And you will understand now what football actually means to the fan. What a football fan in his club what they mean together and you won't just think ah well that was the way Neil done it but we're we're going to do it differently or when we bring the next manager in he does it differently you know that you know managers come and go right but what Neil Warnock is showing you is how your club is supposed to function between the club and its fan and you've got the players in between mate I just hope that if this if the hierarchy stay for 10 years it's 10 years of good relationships between fan and, uh, and ownership. Simple as that, because it can be allowed to go back to but where it was. That influence of Warnock is probably a highlight of 2017 in itself. The in fact it's, that in over, itself. over the past year, but that is what, that's what in Warnock's itself. done. His in Q&A in sessions. It's not just, it's not just on the pitch. You know, well, like I've said, he's managed up and he's managed down. Can I just do one more great moment? It is on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the 1st of February where Kenneth Zahora took the ball to his feet, back to goal on the halfway line against Preston, mm. turned, bullied his way past a couple, headed past a couple more, That's raced more inside, moment, I remember. and stuck it past the keeper. Probably, probably the best goal in my short spell watching Cardiff I've seen, mm. and the best goal of the, of the calendar year for me. Mm. Yeah, first of all, it wasn't halfway. He was in his own half when he started. <laughs> <laughs> Told you it was Paul's listen, favorite moment. Don't I, argue sorry, 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 sorry. took the ball five yards I, into his own Yeah, I, uh, I still, I remember. I wasn't at that game, but when I saw that goal the following morning on the, I thought I, I couldn't believe what I was watching. It wasn't just that he did that and went past players at pace. He didn't bully his way. He actually went through them at pace. But then he, having dealt with all this power that you talk about, Blakey. Finesse. He then got to the pen- penalty bars and he had the finesse to just chip the ball over the keeper. You mm. know, effortless, nonchalant. Listen, I watched a wonder, a wonder goal by Gareth Bale for Wales against Iceland once there. But apart from that, I said that's the best goal I've seen at that stadium. It was really, really top goal. You're listening to Blakey's Boot Room from Wales Online. Right, enough. Waxing lyrical about 2017. Let's ask Blakey three excellent questions for you this week, Nathan. We'll get straight into them. I like we're getting more and more every well, week. I like to think we're it's because growing. we're getting more and more listeners. Absolutely. Anyway, the first one comes from Tom Lynch. Tom Lynch. Who says, thinking ahead a lot here, but do you think Neil Warnock would be able to carry through practically the same first team and tactics into the Premier League if Cardiff got there? 
would it work? Would this formula work in the Premier League? Asks yeah, Tom. well, listen, we don't want to take anything for granted, first and foremost. I'm not saying we're going to... I believe we'll be in the Premier League next season. That's just my own personal opinion. But what I hope is that you don't get three or four, five, six games in, ain't got a point or you know two points, and people start to then all of a sudden forget what Neil's done and start saying, oh, you know, he's not a Premier League manager, he's a championship manager, <laughs> da, 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 you know, because I believe this, that what he's put together, you know, could survive in the Premier League. If you're looking at the likes of Huddersfield, we could challenge them. If you're looking at the likes of Brighton, I think you look at Stoke, teams like that right now. Swansea. Swansea, Everton, you know, you'd give a lot of teams, Bournemouth, you'd give a lot of teams a very good game and you would win as much as you'd lose right now. What about but the big I also teams think, that work against them? I also think, well, at time to time, that's football, Dom, yeah. You know, you don't go, you, you don't mark those games and say, right, these are the must-wins, Man City, Man United and Chelsea... But you'll say Swansea, Bournemouth and say Stoke are three must-win situations, right? So the big boys is neither here nor there. You'll pick up the odd win, like we did when we went in again and beat Man City. But you'll probably lose or point at best as, as an average, you know what I mean? But could this team go into the Premier League and do something? I'd say they could. And you've got to think to yourself, if they do get promoted to add to this current squad so there's certain weaknesses whether it's on the bench or in the team you'd move them out you'd move the weaker player out of the, out of the starting 11 into the bench maybe and bring in a, a higher quality player into the first team what have you got two or three positions maybe that you could maybe four positions max that you could see a you know a, a great Im- not a great an improvement on if you went and signed, you know, inverted commas, Premier League players. Do you know what I mean? Or players from overseas who you know are of high quality. So a supplementary question from me, what are those four positions? I would say goalkeeper. I would say one of the centre-half positions. I would say um, the midfield, one of the mid central midfield positions. Um, And... You know, I wouldn't say I would say striker as in you need. I think Kenneth Zoro would more than handle his own. I think he'd actually probably be better in the Premier League. But I think you'd have to um, definitely get, if not a striker to play with him, another support striker who's going to push him all the way for that number nine position um, who can come off the bench. So I would say, you know, three or four positions you could really strengthen. Okay, next question comes from Chad. All right, Chad. He says, Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry New Year. And that as well. He says, uh, Trading places, mate. He says, Do you think Kenneth Zahor will be able to play before January? Will they risk him back before January? Or will we have to wait a little bit longer to see him? I don't think you do risk him. You know, I think. uh, I think. I think the beauty, I think, what everyone's feeling at the moment is. Like Paul said, you know, losing Zahor, people would have thought if you'd sold him at the start of the season, oh no, we're going to drop off a, drop off a cliff. Now you haven't had him for a long period now. You know, we were worried at the time, thinking, oh, one game is going to be two games, going to be three games. All of a sudden, you were going to be into February and probably before we see Kenneth again. But the team, the manager, have found a way to win convincingly at times, just got over the line at times, but you're not looking and going, uh, you, know, you know, before that, they'd only lost, you know, two games. Since he's gone out, he's lost six. You know what I mean? There hasn't been that sort of... There's not been a massive dip without him. There's not been a... Do you think Warnock knows his full team if everyone's fit? Do you think he knows his first team? Yeah, he's, he's got plenty of experience, so... I would have thought, yeah, you're not his best team. Okay, next question. There might be one or two players who we could say, <laughs> maybe like, uh, um, maybe how you're going to play a Tomlin or a Demore, or you know what I mean, a Bryce or situation. Yeah, whether you're away from home and you're going up to Derby, or you're at home playing against Burton, you are going to. Is it a more defensive Peltier at right back, absolutely. or is it Patterson or absolutely. something like that? Absolutely. 
Okay, so at Bluebirds Gossip, that's his name, on Twitter, says he's looking for the reason for the injuries. He says, why so many injuries? Is it is it the training? Or is it just unlucky? Why Cardiff and Pickett? Because there's such a such a long list at the moment. Yeah, it, it, it literally it is just luck. Just part luck. luck. I can't tell you it's training because I don't know what they do in training. We, we Have don't. you ever experienced that though? When when a certain training yeah. regime gets the better of a squad, almost. And I've experienced when I went from Bolton to Blackburn, going from where Blackburn's training ground was far advanced of Bolton's, so we used to train on uh, quite heavy pitches at Bolton. Went to Blackburn, it was like, you know, training on granite tops. And basically, all my injuries started coming through. You know, that's where the you know, changing surface, where I'd been basically playing on and training on poor pitches since, you know, at Chelsea as a kid, they were average. And then you come to Cardiff and you're training on the park opposite Indian Park, things like ours, heavy grounds and this and that. And you've got the Sheffield United heavy grounds at different universities who's train and things like that Bolton heavy grounds then all of a sudden you've got the Blackburn where they've got you know pristine conditions pristine pitches I it's remember the first week the my lower adjust. back my knees my things like that and then you know injuries come so that's really interesting so you just think obviously these days you would have thought facilities will probably be fairly same yeah, across it, it, various it, it, clubs. It would be. It's difficult to say why there's so many injuries, but I would say throughout the season, it seems like yeah, at the moment, like there's many injuries. But if you look at when the injuries have happened over the course of the season, and you are into, you know, I call it hamstring season at the moment. There's so many people. I think Giroud at Arsenal went down with hamstring the other day again. It's just ridiculous um, I have to watch out playing five sides yeah definitely make, make sure you warm up will do thank but you but it's that time it's that time of year when you know I think to have I think it's 11 we've got majors so that is that is a high number but it happens throughout the season it's not I wouldn't say it's down to any training regime being too tough or anything like that because I know they do get plenty of time off for rest and things like that I know that for a fact or possibly not over the Christmas period though. I guess most of the, the playing will be in matches rather than training yeah. like Joe Ralph said that the other day he said we actually prefer it over Christmas because we're training less and we're playing more which well, we enjoy players do you're not training you're just playing every three or four days you know there's, there's something to be said for that and what you've got to understand as well the experience again we say it all the time about Warnock but he's been doing this so long and he's seen this situation time after time after time where the injury list has been you know, as long as his arm, or sometimes he can't believe he's got the Christmas and he's only had one or two major injuries, you know, but to still be in there fighting with a, a very, very good chance of promotion at this point and knowing those injuries are now going to come back and replenish your squad going into the new year, like I said, some of them be like new signings, so um, that's why I think I can see us going backwards, I really can well, fingers crossed everyone gets fit and ready for the new year Absolutely. and uh, doesn't have too much in their turkey Absolutely, turkey but dinner. I wouldn't say it's anything to do with the training, no. Okay, thanks for all your questions, as usual. Another Blakey in our next edition, which will be in the new year. In part four, we're going to predict what happens at Bolton. Got a question for Blakey? Tweet us at Cardiff City Live. So a 1-0 win for Cardiff at Hull and I believe a prediction victory for Blakey who said 2-1 I think that's the closest of anyone just, let's, let's just if we were not notching up wins I'd just be you two would be out of it but you'd be relegated you two would be well, I think we're I pushing for the I would, have, I would have been already up <laughs> in the Premier League sorted I can't have that can we Paul <laughs> it's down to modesty Blakey's the man <laughs> games are won on modesty <laughs> what are we thinking for Bolton and then a, a team down in I the don't know but I'm devastated to see my team where they are my old team well, you know because I do love there? that club you know it is a club that's really close to my heart and um Phil Parkinson does such a good job to get them up in the first place and they actually went on a bit of a run he's done such a good job to keep them even there or thereabouts you know just floating above relegation I just you know it's just the state of the club it's just not in a good position you know the owners 
seems to be in a position where he's hoping to re to sell on again. Um, I don't know. It's just it's it's one of them for me. You know, Cardiff getting the three points. I won't be like jumping around celebrating. It'll just be, you know, be great. a regular be a regulation three Move points. Move on to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I think we will. I think I think it'll be a difficult game because it's one of those games you're expected to win now. You know, so it'll be difficult. But I think that's the beauty of this team. Games you're expected to win more than likely they're going to because even if it's a dirty 1-0 they've got it, it's going to be really difficult to keep this team out for 90 minutes well could it be more than a dirty 1-0 uh, it could be yeah, a lot more be, yeah. you know what I mean but I, I'm dumb I don't really want to go that <laughs> you know what I mean I don't want to go there it's like wishing ill on like you you got your yeah, your, your first child, and you, you know you wishing ill on your second. So all so. of a sudden, Blakey's not worried about predicting a huge Cardiff win. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'll say Cardiff one nil. Paul, they they lost at home to Burson, didn't they? Paul, do you have to just kick me in the gut? Uh, I mean, oh, they lost to Under Burton. It's my second teammate. Please, it, it wouldn't surprise me seeing turn it around and beat Cardiff. That's, that's a big, that's football. a big, that's, that's a big goal. Goals, mm. goes. I don't think Cardiff had a have a great record up there. Mm. Um, I think it's a big pitch, beautiful. Just what Cardiff want. I think you know Bolton. They've not got legs like we've got legs. Yeah. And I think this, you know, I think those big arenas is where Cardiff thrive. I think Cardiff's probably the worst team. Cardiff or Wolves? Yes, they sat top, but they both sat top for a reason. They're the two teams I would, if I was at Wolves now, as a manager, I'd be thinking, oh, oh, I don't want Wolves, we're going to be... Well, I'm going to avoid nil one and I'm going to say it's either going to be nil-nil or 2 nil to Cardiff. And I can't call, I just cannot call the result of this one. I won't be surprised with either of those results. Mm. I think you can call it, and I think you can call it Big dial, considerably dial. in Cardiff's favour, I think 4-1. Wow. I yeah. think that's what I thought would happen at Reading. I'll be surprised if Bolton score. Well, the, I'll be yeah, very surprised. The form if table score. says a big, a big Cardiff win. Mm. Can't look anywhere other than that, really. Yeah, thanks for that, Dom. I was trying to avoid. Sorry, Blakey. Yeah. I think one of us had to do it. Yeah, I think, <laughs> I think that big Cardiff win is going to come when Zahora's back, and he's going to back the goals. I, I don't think it's going to come without Zahora. Oh, I'm saying the Tomlin hat trick. Wow. <laughs> I don't think Tomlin will start. <laughs> <laughs> he won't get on now, will he? Uh, any other business from either of you before we wrap up our final one before Christmas? Just to say Merry Christmas to everyone. Thanks for listening. You know, I hope there's more of you out there going to join the uh, Blakey's Boot Room Brigade. Well, thanks for joining us. And don't forget, you can follow all the latest Cardiff City news on Wales Online. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or listen on the website or on Audio Boom or whatever your podcast place is. But for now, from the three of us, Have a great Christmas and we'll be back with some fresh episodes in the new year. Thanks for joining us.